You're listening to Brick City Blockade Chat Sessions. Cut the gun, all right, too. All right, fine, Jeez. Here's John Bishop and your host, Robin Ho. Hey, guys, what's going on? Welcome back to Brick City Blockade Chat Sessions here. This is your host, Robin Vogt. Keeping it simple, keeping it fresh on this beautiful weekend. Of course, my counterpart in the force, not only, but also my counterpart to the south in the grand old state of Massachusetts. It's John Bishop. What's up, my friend? The sun. And the thank sun. goodness. <laughs> you know, thank the maker. We see the sun. Um, and, uh, you know, I am not a moisture farmer, so that is just fine. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy to, uh, see green grass. I am not very happy to be mowing said grass, but you know what? <laughs> right. You take it as it comes, right? Yin and yang, dark and light. You know, you gotta, gotta be a Jedi about these things. It's true. You kind of do have to be a Jedi about these things. And speaking of being a Jedi about certain things here, uh, the podcast, you know, I was talking with Sean, Andrew, Scott, the entire crew about recently, um, you know, obviously we're heading into May the 4th. It's literally a day away here um, for us recording today. This is Sunday. And John, I'm going to throw it over to you first because I don't, I think most people at this point they know what happened last episode. They really have an idea with Clone Wars. All the the emotions, all the different directions we went down, the things that we heard. You know, I, I've talked my head off about it <laughs> on most of the podcasts here at this point. But I'm curious really to get your perspective as we move into, of course, the Monday release for the upcoming episode of Clone Wars, the final episode of Clone Wars for this season. I I, I want to know your perspective, man, on everything that we've seen up to this point and what you're not necessarily hoping to see because we don't like to set expectations. But what what do you expect to see in terms of, based on the storyline, maybe some progression and how they could possibly wrap this thing up? Robin, it all rhymes. You know? So yeah. we, have our, we have our Darth Maul Rogue One vader in the hallway where where without a lightsaber maul is defeating troop after troop after troop um and you know for a kid's show it was pretty graphic i mean we had decapitations we had a we had a an arm get lopped off you know that (laughs) i mean it was it was heavy you know and and you know and i in many ways i'm a little thankful for that because at times Oh, you know, the shippers, you know, let's ship, let's ship oh, the sisters, Maul, yeah. you know, the, the, uh, you know, the, you know, let's ship Maul and Ahsoka. Let's do this. Let's, yeah, let's no, Maul is an evil jerk. He is, <laughs> you know, sympathetic as hell in many ways. We've, you know, very similar to, I guess, maybe Magneto in X-Men, right? Mm. You know, there are, there are certain things that you feel extremely bad about um, in terms of the character's arc. However, he is a killing machine. And one of the things that yeah. Filoni was very careful to show us is how easily uh, he can do that without even his weapons. And, oh, uh, know. you know, Ahsoka clearly regrets even thinking about joining <laughs> him and mm. is, you know, I'm not rooting for you. And, you know, in a way, I, I wonder if, if, if that's what the creators of the series are saying, you know, this is not someone that we're supposed to cheer for. 
You know, right. these, right. you know, he's a former s- slave himself. Yes. But he's literally killing slaves in order to free them. Yeah. I, 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 you know, yeah. and so the, 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 the chaos of the moment was near perfect. Um, the one moment where I tripped in the whole episode was when <laughs> I don't think I'm spoiling this for anyone, but Rex kills two of his brothers. Yeah. And he's got a big old hole in the side of his head. And El Soka looks at him and says, are you okay? <laughs> and I wanted him to swear at her, you know, like, you know, like really, you know, I'm doing oh, great. Man. Thanks. You know, but yeah, thanks. Thanks. It's all right, kid. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure that's what he would have said. But um, in the end, I, I, I am excited for this period of Star Wars to be over. I, at least this, this character arc, these characters, let's, let's get them to the end of Revenge of the Sith. Let's start exploring the in-between of episode three and, you know, Solo and Rogue One. Yeah. Let's see Obi-Wan in the desert. Let's see Cassian Andor. Let's see this, you know, I don't know where this other, um, you know, rumored uh, project is going to land, but let's see Mm. something else. Let's. Let's, you know, the the one thing I kind of hope they do mm-hmm. is give me three episodes on Cad Bane and Boba Fett because be, the yeah, yeah the maligning Boba Fett uh, has been kind of a sport over the last few years, and I think it's basically <laughs> attached to some of the people who really love Boba Fett. Sure, and sure. I, I don't see there's any reason to malign you know this sort of antihero. I mean, we're rooting for one in uh, so many other series. Daredevil, you know, or or um, even the Mandalorian in certain respects. Oh, totally. But you know, what? Let's learn more about him. Let's let's figure out how he got from you know the kid holding the helmet, which I I know we've gotten a little bit over at Clone Wars, but let's get some more. Let's sure. So so where are you at? I'm sorry. I I I obviously (laughs) had my uh, my my diet coke before we got on. So (laughs) good man, you're good though. Yeah. I'm in a very similar camp to you. And, you know, I came to this realization the other night, too. And I talked to Sean about it quickly, too. You guys will be hearing that episode soon up on SoundCloud and on all the podcast listening apps. But, um, John, one of the realities I came to here is that with this final episode of Clone Wars, this is truly the end of the Skywalker saga. So tomorrow night, tomorrow, when that episode hits, is really the, that's it. Like the Rise of Skywalker was our cinematic way of finishing off the Skywalker saga in many ways. Mm -hmm. But when that episode hits tomorrow and we see the conclusion of Clone Wars, it butts up perfectly with everything else that we've seen develop with this saga as a whole. So for me, I think there's, and don't get me wrong, the Rise of Skywalker hit me emotionally, especially right at the end with the binary sunset. Trust me. But there's going to be something at the end of this episode tomorrow that is going to hit me even harder because it's going to settle in that, wow, this whole thing has wrapped up now. This whole mm. thing, it, it, it's a big bow on the top of it now. And well, that's trying. Me. Yeah. And I, I, I guess what I, I don't really want to cry anymore. You know, I'm I know. kind of, I, you know, like, you know, this, this, you know, we've drawn this out. It's over four weeks, or three weeks. I'm, yep. I'm a little tired of knowing what's happening. Everybody's dead. Awesome. Let's, you know, and <laughs> I'm also one of those people who really, really enjoyed the Star Wars stories. Um, yeah. I, I loved um, 
Solo and I loved Rogue One. So, you know, having watched those two things and wanting to see more of, you know, how Darth Maul, you know, put that crime syndicate together and, you know, uh, what was Saw Gerrera doing? And let's see some of it on screen. You know, we've read an awful lot about it. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm ready for new things. I, I, I'm also ready for the High Republic. And, um, Me too. Oh. you know, so as I think it's, I'm hoping that it's not as anticlimactic as, as I'm sort of preparing myself for. Sure. Um, but I also know that, and you've kind of, you and I kind of talked about this, that this is not going to be the only Star Wars news tomorrow. It would shock no. me if we didn't get um, more than just the Mandalorian uh, Disney Gallery series tomorrow. It would be yeah. shocking to me that we didn't have some sort of other press release or two. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and even in terms of the parks, um, we really haven't heard much about developments uh, in terms of 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 what is coming for Galaxy's Edge beyond what we've already seen. Right. Um, and so I believe that this tomorrow might be ushering in uh, a sort of a brand new era of Star mm-hmm. Wars uh, beyond, as you said, the Skywalker saga and with a whole lot of interesting and totally interconnected comics books yeah and yeah. also you know uh, galaxy's edge kind of um pulling all that together mm-hmm. so i am I'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty excited i'm more i think more excited about the beginning of the mandalorian um, gallery and what yes. they've said is it's like table for five uh you know in in a galaxy's ga- far far away i've read that review of it and i love wow. shows like that you know That's so amazing I'm excited, you know, yeah. and hopefully you are too. Oh, I, I can't even tell you, like, I, and this is interesting territory for me as well, I feel, because of the announcement that was put out by Reed Pop and by Disney about the about the future of Star Wars Celebration in particular, and I've, you know, I, I, I wasn't planning on attending this year, I, I feel like there, I had some other um, reasons why I didn't want to attend this year in particular, um, that I could go into for a whole hour about but uh, outside of that, I feel like in coordination with all this, tomorrow could possibly be the day where Disney takes a step back and says, wow, okay, the reality is Star Wars Celebration is not happening this year. What were some of the panels? What were some of the things that we were going to release on the Friday or the Sunday at Celebration mm-hmm. that would fit perfectly with May the 4th, announcement-wise? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. then we can save the big stuff for whenever that scheduled weekend was to release. Well, and then they also have, they have to save some stuff for, you know, the would be D 23. So, you know, they have, you know, I think you and I are on the same page. I also think it's interesting that, you know, galaxy's edge was recently in the news and, and there was some, you know, back backtracking, throwbacking to when the, uh, the first planning of, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, or at that time, at that point, it was just Star Wars Land, and um, right, there right. was reporting um, that confirmed something that I had written about back in the day that you know Galaxy's Edge was not going to be Galaxy uh, the two; it was going to be Tatooine, Tatooine. and and uh, you know what? Uh, the reasons for that are, are varied and, and many, and the reasons why it didn't go that way, I think, are very sound. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Basically, down the lines of, 
you know what? Everybody who loved the original trilogy, everybody who grew up with that is in their 50s now. And right, right. Yeah. What are you going to how do you sell that to a next generation? You don't. If, if it's if it's a closed story, you know, <laughs> right. You right. don't. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And um, one of the things that I had you know, read and heard about Galaxy's Edge along the way is that there would be seasons of Galaxy's Edge where there gotcha. there could be, you know, interactive moments that push the story of Batu. um up the timeline and i actually thought for my you know i was just driving at one point i said they really could because of the the canon yeah they really could for, you know they could put they could make the two older for mm-hmm. a year or two and and put darth vader in there with old right. stormtroopers right and so what they've done is is created a space that can be malleable and that can grow with mm-hmm. the people who are enjoying star wars right now yeah, and I think that's actually brilliant. And a it lot is. of people, I wonder, I wonder how many people would be honest enough with themselves to say, you know what, that really was a good decision. Um, how about you? That's I mean, what do you think? I mean, that's, sure, would I have loved to see Moss Eisley? Sure, of course. But you know, I also really, really love Batu. You know, this is something that I talked to Scott Inch a lot about, and I'm I'm so glad I'm having this conversation with you because it does go back to the canon of Star Wars. And I think from a marketing perspective, all right, you bring in something like Moss Eisley on Tatooine or something in particular, I agree with you. I think it hits a certain generation, but it doesn't hit something generation-wide. And the one thing that Disney has always been very good at is flexibility in terms of not just the story with Star Wars, but finding that middle ground that says, what can we do to unite multiple generations of fans And still have the flexibility to say, hold on, we have these fantastic story writers. We have individuals in our own, you know, in our own cubicles in San Francisco who can turn around a product in less than a week and say, hey, hold on this weekend. Let's bring Darth Vader and Stormtroopers in. Let's bring Death Troopers in one weekend and let's tell it right around the time of Rogue One when the Mm -hmm. Empire was doing more in the galaxy, really creating havoc in the galaxy. That's the beauty of the flexibility and the marketing that they've created with Batu, And I think I agree with you 100% on this. You know, you create one planet. You stick to one planet that is known from one specific time in the Star Wars saga, which is technically the Skywalker saga itself. Tatooine has always had a prevalence just within that period. But a place like Batu, you have the flexibility now to say with the High Republic stuff, you know what? Batu was a training ground for young Jedi. Oh, yes, absolutely. And think about the after hours event that they could charge 200 bucks a ticket for. 100%. To get into Jedi training at, you know, Batu Jedi Academy, you yeah. know, that yeah. or or any of the stuff that was set up in the novels or anything like that. It's in so fact, excellent. you know, Darth Vader had, I believe it was a a fight alongside Thrawn yeah. in yes. Oga's Cantina. So, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm sad for everybody who worked on that original incarnation. I think it really hurt those people to have the ability to work on something so seminal, so amazing, you know, mm-hmm. and then have it mm-hmm. kind of pulled out from under them. And whether or not that was for the right or wrong reasons, you know, as creatives, that must have hurt. Of but course. on the flip side, I've been there with my kids. They know it just as well as I do. 
I don't mm -hmm. need to fill them in on anything. They know yeah. what an X-wing is. They know what an A-wing is. And those things fit into their head cannon quite well. Yeah. And frankly, yeah. they're more excited about finding out what a you know, Ronto wrap tastes like than <laughs> they are trying to track down and take a picture with Darth Vader. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, I, I, of the new, you know, I'm going to get into a little Disney. Sorry, folks. You know, but no. Of no. the new stuff that I've seen at, at either Disney park, you know, I think that the evolution and the technical delivery of Galaxy's Edge, beyond the crowd control, which I uh -huh. think that they, they botched, and sure. I think they admit sure. they botched, it's a much better land than Toy Story Land. It's got more to do. It's got more to see. It's got more shade. It's got more um, premium experiences. And it's, right, right. it feels more immersive than anything else, with the exception of, I think that it's, it's better than the um, Avatar environment in Animal Kingdom. Oh, interesting. I think it's better. However, uh -huh. Avatar has had more time to settle. That's true. And Very so good. you have this strange newness of a place that's supposed to be thousands of years old. And uh -huh. now when you walk into Avatar, it looks like it's been there forever. People react like it's been there forever. It is a much more comfortable walk-in now than it was several years ago. Whereas... Right, right. It... it that you you know you don't get taken out of the environment as much as you do when you walk into Batu because everybody in Batu is dressed up and sure yeah it's it's a little weird to see you know people you know semi you know Disney bounding really but semi cosplaying <laughs> in a place that is already filled with people in costumes so it's right you know, sometimes I kind of wish it would be you know a more of an appointment viewing um, oh, more of a yeah. premium. You know, because it, it is so packed at times that you really have trouble unless you go in there when the fireworks are happening or when something else is happening. You have trouble taking it all in. But I don't think that's what they wanted. I think I think they wanted you to come back for multiple experiences with multiple ups and downs in your journey and being able to fly the Millennium Falcon and run into walls and you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. You know, we've gone down this tangent, but really, I think no, the immersive true. entertainment aspect of this is what we're going to see more and more of. And, you know, how they're going to make it, it'll be more of a lifestyle that, you know, you'll mm. be reading the books and you'll be reading the comics and you'll go to the, you know, the parks. And I truly believe that when all of these movie theaters fold, Disney's going to buy up half of them and make them into Disney theaters. Now, I'm not the first wow. person to, to posit that, but I think that's what's going to happen. I think you're going to go to a, you know, someone, who, I wish I knew, and I, I'm sorry if you hear yourself on this, <laughs> but they say that, you know, you're not going to go to the movies. You're going to go to a Disney. And what that means is you go to a 4D interpretation of whatever movie Disney has just put out. Wow. And you know what I'm saying? So I, I, yeah. I, I don't think that that's far off no. because it has to evolve. It, it can't it stay the same. Well, and I'll, I'll say this, John, and it's been something that I've been hearing. And, you know, I'm somebody who, listen, you want to change stuff up on me. I might have a problem with it at first. But I'm, I'm going to learn how to freaking adapt to it, though. I'm going to learn how to adapt to it because it's probably for the best of not only whoever is – whoever has interest in it, but also in terms of what it's going to offer going forward. Now, we're in a very interesting time right now. 
you know, we're in the middle uh, of a of a stay at home order where we can't really go out and do much. The movie theaters, like you said, are closed, and I totally agree with you. Are are struggling here. AMC has stopped showing Universal Studios pictures because of a disagreement, essentially. So number one, AMC has separated themselves from a lot of other product out there. So number one, they're heading down a very different path than what originally we probably saw happening. So listen, we're we, we're we're adapting to changes in our environment right now, and we're adapting because we're not going back to the normal that it was before. We're going back to something new, and it has to favor the idea of something like Disney saying, "Oh crap, all these theaters." are going to come back online and barely have enough to even keep their employees going here because of the way the federal fund, and I could get into politics about it, but I'm not the way that the federal funds are not being spread properly. And they're going to companies you know, when it's small business, they're going to big business. So that's a whole other side of it. But in the end, in the end, we're going to come back out of this and there's going to be a lot of different things, including possibly Disney bought theaters. I'm going to tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if big companies like Netflix and stuff didn't try doing something like that, too, to keep competitive in any sort of way possible. We're heading well, into a new space here, and it makes sense what you're saying. Well, what's the last time you went to a live uh, a performance of – you went to a movie theater, yes. and you had a blast. Now, I can say that I've had a great experience with, uh, with you guys, the Brick City Blockade – at you know our showing of of the force awakens that was unique in that Mm -hmm. it was people coming to love and be loved watching something that they love exactly right and so the other flip side of it is when i go and i see the latest avengers flick i'm so disappointed with everything but the movie yeah you know the popcorn is not awesome the food the is prices the yeah, prices man i i have no problem paying premium i i'm the idiot who who kills himself to get to disney world every year because i love that experience i yes. want to be immersed in yeah. the bubble i would like something that i could do in january in the middle of a snowstorm that is that level yes. in natick mass Give me a place where I can go and get a spectacular meal and be entertained and have my entire family enjoy the same thing, right? Yes. You cannot yes. do that right now. Even yeah. taking the kids to Fenway Park, right? And, and yep. I'm, you know, I, I hesitate to even you know, get into pro, pro sports. I've been there. Many people know that I work <laughs> right. for the Bruins. But, and I may, I'm, this is something that I grew up and loved, yeah. right? Going to Fenway Park is very, very difficult for a family, oh, right? Not only do you have right. to worry that you're going to sit behind some buffoon who's screaming New York sucks at an Oakland A's game, but <laughs> right. then on top of it, that guy is going to get up six times to get beers, and your kid is probably hot, probably wants more than one ice cream. Now, you've dropped 300 bucks on five seats, uh, you know, not including meal. I mean, just, you know, if, for instance, I had an opportunity to do, uh, you know, fabulous seating at Fenway Park, I probably would take it. And yeah. I would probably yeah. love it a lot better because, for the most part, 
that they're not going to see a baseball game. They're going for an experience. They can watch a baseball game on TV. Yeah. So they have to come up with a way to differentiate between the viewing experience that you have in your living room, which is probably better than mm. what you're having at either a stadium or at a stadium seating theater facility or anything beyond one of the old school venues that played like the classics, right? Yeah. You, yeah. There's always going to be that that niche for people who want to go to the Strand Theater in Clinton and watch Casablanca. And heck okay, yeah, that, that, <laughs> let's do it, right? But yep. on the flip side, as a father of three who has a wife who doesn't love going to the movies, right. I would love for there to be an experience that was so good that we all agree on it, just like we do with Walt Disney World. And I think yeah. Star Wars in particular has that way, has that ability to transcend totally. generations. And yes. uh, that's what I'm most excited and, and to see if there's anything that ekes out tomorrow that is along those lines would be amazing. Yeah. Let's let's talk quickly about that because I'm I'm telling you right now, I have been anxiously awaiting <laughs> I don't know how much sleep I'm gonna get tonight because I don't know if you know this about me. Some people do know. I am a huge Star Wars pin collector. I oh wow, okay, yeah, love... I not. I did. I, this is new. All right. <laughs> Anytime Funko when they had the bounty boxes and they had the mm -hmm. pins, I'd go right down into uh, downtown Exeter to Krypton Comics, and he would set aside a stash of the patches and the pins for me. Mm. And uh, it, those were great. I have like the Obi Wan Kenobi, the Anakin Skywalker, Sith Sith eyes pin, and everything. It's so cool. And for me. I, I don't know how I'm going to sleep tonight because I even have an alarm set for 6 a.m. tomorrow to get up because when Shop Disney has those May the 4th pins on there, <laughs> I am going to be on there so fast at 7 a.m. to grab what I can because there are some really cool ones on there. And I'm telling you, some of the merchandise that I'm seeing, I already pre-ordered my Yoda, my baby Yoda, or the child, sorry, uh, Funko Pop. Um, which is going to be coming in this week? Oh, the one that's the scene with um, with with the Mandalorian yes, and him and his yes, little basket. That you know, I I don't uh, I don't truck in in a lot of stuff for myself anymore. It's just it's really hard to do. Mm -hmm. um, but that was one thing where I was like, you know what? The kids at school might think that was pretty cool. Right? That's the uh, first but, thing that I thought about. I was like, I can put that in my classroom. That's perfect. Yeah. And so, you know, I get exactly what you're saying. And I, I have the trouble of uh, six months after I see it at Disney World going online to see if they still have it. You know, oh, right yeah. now I'm, I'm regretting my decision not to pay the, I think it was 85 bucks for the shag designed. Uh, tiki shirt in you know which featured the cantina oh wow. um and i i am really sad that i didn't get it because the only thing the only one i could find online right now is 250 bucks and oh, i could wear it as a uh, knee brace so <laughs> you know i i get what you're saying and i hope you get up tomorrow and you get boxes and boxes of the stuff that makes you happy my man and put it away and be able to take it out with your That's family just, someday and say this stuff meant something to me and here's why and yeah every time i do that with my children um or they do that with me mm. it's uh one of the kids bought a ezra bridger lightsaber Ooh. that has bounced around the house for three or four years now and i consider it the best star wars product that has ever been made really 
Wow. It is, I mean, if you are a little kid mm-hmm. and you love space wizards and yeah. Yeah. swashbuckling smugglers, right? Yeah. What's better than having a lightsaber that shoots energy bolts? That's pretty cool. I mean, it is the coolest. Cool. I mean, I have it nearby, and I, I will just have it. I mean, we're working from home, and, you know, I'll be watching a Zoom call and wondering, can they hear me, you know, uh, <laughs> firing stun bolts at them, you know? But I, I'm telling you, I'm going to write about it tonight because I've been doing some writing uh, along the lines of my Star Wars favorites, and, yeah. and that is just, you know, and that's, that's kind of what it's all about. Whatever can kind of keep you young. Yes. Whatever can keep you um, in the loop with with a you know a three to ten year old, mm. I mean that's that's mana for dad, you know. And I'm hoping right. that you you find that with whatever you're you're tracking down tomorrow. Yeah, it's that's really what it's all about, man. And I can't even say it enough to our listeners. You know, a lot of our listeners are dads, much like yourself, and they not only collect for the purpose of like, oh man, this is going to retain, you know, because I like to do it too, retaining some value, you know. They only made a certain amount of these, you know, I'm going to put it away. I'm going to saran wrap the box and I'm going to put it in my storage unit, my, you know, and I'm, I'm going to let it sit there and, and, and let it gain value. But I think more of it and why I love May the 4th, just not just from a product release standpoint, but also from just the value of, of Star Wars and, and what May the 4th means. Like, and, it, and it, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, it, it, it's really going to hit me hard tomorrow because I've been doing May the 4th be, uh, May the 4th Star Wars Day at the elementary school where where I work for the last eight years that I've been there. And uh, we've had people come in dressed up as stormtroopers to come in no blasters, come into the classrooms to say happy Star Wars Day to Mm -hmm. the students. Um, I've been able to organize like assemblies based on it and whatever else. Um, And even do Star Wars trivia throughout the day. So I get on the intercom and the kids can answer some Star Wars questions, win some Funko Pops from Krypton Comics. And from other places uh, that that help support uh, the effort, and you know, I'm I'm gonna miss that this year. I, I think a lot of educators, a lot of people who really participated in May the Fourth type activities wherever they were, whether it was from home or from work, or hey, whether you were on vacation somewhere, where you might have been at, at Disneyland, who knows? But it's gonna be a little bit different this year, and I, I really hope people. And I, I'm speaking to the fandom on this. You may agree with me on this, John. Is like, listen, whatever they announce tomorrow, whatever they come out with, let's be thankful that there's any Star Wars announcements on May the 4th. Let's not critique oh every single thing that comes out because I'm starting to see it. And it's really, really unfortunate. Well, you know what? The the mute on Twitter. I've <laughs> there's a great button called the mute button. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've discovered that you don't have to listen to people who are consistently annoying you. Isn't that cool? And it doesn't mean that you hate them or you hate them forever or that you're, you know, deciding that they're bad people. It just means that I don't need to hear about Ahsoka and Maul shipping. That's not what I'm going to listen to right now. Um, but they can you also know mute Star Wars, too. They can also mute those notifications if it's really bothering them. Yeah. Well, and on the flip side of it, <laughs> I saw someone driving today as we, we drove to um, Brighton to drop off some groceries for my wife's mom. Sure. And um, there was a dude in a convertible and his passenger was wearing a Stormtrooper helmet. Oh, and, no way. And I was walking down the street in Brighton 
to uh, as we were there. And man, uh, we were wearing our masks. We were social distancing properly. But a man on his porch had a, a stormtrooper on his deck, um, and he was putting a sign. The present sign says, "May the health be with you," and the oh. new one was going to be, um, you know, "May the fourth be with you." And yeah. all right, I have. No idea who this man is. I have no idea who that guy in the convertible was, but I feel a kinship and a happiness based on the idea that we have a shared community of people who are probably taking it lightly enough to enjoy it for what it is. A saga about space wizards and, you know, space pirates and, and really understanding that it was for the 10 to 12 year old and all of us so that we can continue to keep, you know, like the kid at the end of uh, The Last Jedi. Broom Boy. Broom Boy. Broom Boy is all of us. We're all Broom Boy. We're all Broom Boy. Yeah. <laughs> We're all Broom Boy, man. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. I, I can't think of a better way to wrap up an episode. We're all Broom Boy heading into May the 4th. That's, that is absolutely perfect. That is the best way to put it. And uh, yeah. No. I Hey, who knows? I'm still waiting for a Broom Boy Black Series figure. I'm still waiting. Hey. You know what? We'll keep you on. You know, nice work. <laughs> I love it. I I appreciate that you appreciate me, Robin. Hey, and you know what, man? That's what it's all about. Exactly. That's what it's all about. This is my, my 145 minutes of peace in the entire week. I'm <laughs> podcasting, kids. I'm shutting the door. Now, if love that it. doesn't say love, I don't know what does. We'll never know what else <laughs> would mean love at that point. We will never know what else means love at that point. But anyway, we are going to put a nice big bow on this episode here. And we hope everybody has a fantastic, fantastic May the 4th. Whatever you're doing, whatever fun you're going to have. You know, it's still a work day, but we will find a way. I know for sure I'm going to have that Mandalorian behind-the-scenes stuff playing while I'm doing some of my paperwork 100%. All the di- all the time, all the time, and uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. But anyway, putting a bow on this, wrapping this episode up here. It's not a podcast until we do this one thing. It's a little thing we like to call plug time here at the podcast. Mr. John Bishop, where can the good people find you across social media? Well, tomorrow, um, the first thing I want to say is happy birthday to Luke. Yes, my, uh, youngest, happy birthday, who is buddy, turning four. He was born on May the 4th and turning 4 tomorrow, and uh, he's calling it Zombie Day because he really loves zombies. So nice! We're going to celebrate an amazing Zombie Day, but on top of it, I'm writing about May the 4th pretty consistently over the weekend for MickeyBlog.com. Got some stuff in there, like the best moments from Mythbusters, the best Star Wars mo- moments from Mythbusters, Ooh. the best Star Wars rep- uh, recipes from uh, Feast of Fiction. And we also have the best uh, Clone Wars moment you haven't seen. I'm not talking about tomorrow's episode. <laughs> and then uh, a, a friend of mine actually cooked up a recipe for a <clears throat> adult beverage oh. called a Mace Windu. And so I'm going to post oh. that at some point over the next 24 as well. Oh. So, you know, uh, keep, keep your eyes peeled and your browsers locked on MickeyBlog.com. And uh, make sure you hit me up on JM Bishop. Uh, at JM Bishop on Twitter and ask me any question you like. You might actually give me an idea to do some writing. So I appreciate it. 
day, 100%. You guys can follow the Brick City Blockade and everything happening tomorrow, May the 4th, across the podcast over on Twitter, at Brick City SWPC. That's at symbol Brick City SWPC. Also over on Facebook as well, at Brick City Blockade. Make sure to check it out over there. Give us a like. And, of course, over on Instagram, Sean and I are going to be doing a lot of content once the evening arrives of May the 4th. We're going to be doing some Instagram live stuff over there, so please make sure to check that out as well. Some reaction to whatever we hear about, what things, our reactions to Clone Wars, all that stuff will be up there, of course, for you to check out. Listen, we also have some stuff over on Tee Public t-shirts that can help support the podcast over there. Patreon to support the network every month. That money goes towards our feed to keep the podcast rolling, folks. It is in, it is in your hands, and, and we love having you guys support us, putting content up there for you to enjoy all the time here. And uh, going to keep it simple. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, that's where you can listen to the podcast at. John, always good talking to you, my friend. Happy birthday to your son, and of course, a happy May the 4th to you as well. I am Broom Boy. He is Broom Boy, sweeping up everything that is good about this galaxy far, far away. Hey, but it's not a podcast until we say this. May the force be with you. Always. Always.